This Marketplace podcast is supported by Invest Puerto Rico. Build the future in paradise. Puerto Rico, a hub for innovators brimming with world-class talent and a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem. Learn more at investpr.org backslash marketplace today. Yeah, Now we should do it. I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. It is June the 15th. I'm Kyle Rosal. Thanks for joining us. Today we're going to get some news, do that smile thing, call it a day. We shall get going. I will put a disclaimer on here at the top of the program. Any sawing or hammering or banging you hear (laughs) is entirely intentional. It's uh, a guy taking apart some cabinets in my family room, which is not far from where I'm sitting. So I apologize. That's what I got. So, So you're not in the shed? I am in the shed. I am in the shed, oh. but the the shed window that I look out of looks directly across the little courtyard we have straight into the family room, and the door's mm. open because it's going to get really dusty and sandy in there because he's going to use this saw, ah. and uh, it will thus also be loud. But, you know. Fair yeah. enough. Fair okay. Enough. All right. Hit um, us with the news. Yes. So there's a really interesting investigation in the Washington Post about a group called the American College of Pediatricians. Right. Which is one of the groups that's been quite outspoken and has testified um, related to some of the transgender uh, conversion things with the laws and and, um, trying to present evidence that um, in favor of some of these conversion therapy banning laws and things like that. Right. Which Mm -hmm. it kind of struck me because I didn't think that was that didn't sound right to me because I thought all of the prevailing evidence was that, you know, Conversion therapy is terrible and uh, transition for kids where it's the right thing to do. It actually helps them. So it turns out there's this group, American College of Pediatricians, which is different from the American Academy of Pediatrics. The American Academy of Pediatrics is a 67,000 member group of pediatricians and they have like all of this research and they you know are the ones who come out and say that it's not a problem for kids to be adopted by gay couples it doesn't harm children to be on hormone therapy if it's the right decision for them and if it you know is medically needed the American College of Pediatrics, I'm reading from the post-investigation here, formed in 2002 after dozens of conservative doctors split from the nation's leading interest group of pediatricians, the 67,000-member American Academy of Pediatrics, over oh, wow. the Academy's support for same-sex parenting. The Academy had determined from its review of scientific literature that children with same-sex parents fare as well as those with heterosexual parents in emotional, cognitive, and social and sexual functioning. So this whole article is about how the American College of Pediatricians has been lobbying for a lot of these laws that we've been seeing at the state level to ban uh, hormone therapy, to, you know, push transgender kids out of sports or the bathroom things and also uh, for some of these anti-abortion laws. And when it was founded, uh, it was written in. So there was a 2003 interview that right after it was founded that described this organization as a Judeo-Christian traditional values 
organization and that the organization's core beliefs were that life begins at conception, the traditional family unit headed by an opposite-sex couple pose far fewer risk factors in adoption, and you get the idea. Mm. So the American Academy of Pediatrics, obviously not thrilled that the American College of Pediatricians is out there, often in conservative news outlets, saying that they have scientific research to back up their points when they do not. Uh, Southern Poverty Law Center has labeled this uh, a hate group and all of these things. And so apparently in 20, I'm going back up to the top of the story, a couple of years back in... I can't remember what year it was. But anyway, a couple of years back, I guess somebody left their Google Drive folder public. And oh, so man. all of these documents, more than 10,000 confidential files, including strategic plans, meeting minutes, membership rosters, financial statements and email exchanges spanning 15 years were exposed when the organization left the contents of its Google Drive publicly God. accessible. So the post is revealing all of this stuff about how this group is lobbying, who they're talking to, how they're trying to pressure lawmakers, how they convinced a Catholic hospital system to change its policy regarding like hormone therapy for transgender kids and all of these things that they've done over years. It's super interesting. But honestly, I have to admit, I never noticed the difference in the names of the group. And that's obviously intentional. But. Just so we can go over this one more time, the let me just make sure the American College of Pediatricians is the splinter group with about 700 people in it, not all of whom are doctors or pediatricians, (laughs) apparently only about 60 percent of them, I guess, versus the 67,000 member American Academy of Pediatrics that does peer reviews and vets their research and has the scientifically backed statements about all of these issues affecting kids. It's super fascinating and something I never would have noticed. Amazing. God. Yeah. Got to read the fine print. Got to read the fine print. Yeah, for sure. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. So mine comes with an anecdote and it goes like this. I went down to Union Station uh, yesterday here in Los Angeles to pick my mother up from the train. She's in town for some family events uh, this weekend. My mother does not fly. She takes a train. Uh, and, and, uh, she, she does it for days on end. It takes her a while to get here from where she lives. Uh, and as I'm on my way down to Union Station, I hear on my local public radio station that the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has just announced that he has bussed 42 migrants from Texas to Los Angeles and let them off at Union Station. So I was sort of dreading it because it was going to just be a logistical nightmare because you knew the police were going to show up and social services and all these people are going to need care and help. Mm -hmm. And so there was that sort of uncharitable, selfish thought. But then as I started thinking about it today, and I should say, by the way, that by the time I got down there, the Los Angeles Police Department and social services had taken care of these people and there was nothing going on, mm-hmm. which was which was great because these people need care after being on a bus for however long it was. Some of whom, like by the day. way, were children. Yeah. Here's what I don't understand about this. And look, Abbott's not the only one to have done this. Uh, 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 Governor DeSantis in Florida has done the same thing and they do it proudly. And let's set aside for just a second the performative aspect of this and them trying to make a point at the expense of people's lives. Here's what I legit don't understand. How is this not human trafficking? And and this is a serious question for the lawyers in the audience. I I mean that. I mean, maybe these people sign some piece of paper that says, I willingly go. 
I don't know, but really? I mean, I think that the the group that got dropped off in Martha's Martha's Vineyard, who I think was sent up from Florida, I believe they mm-hmm. there were there was a lot of talk about pursuing human trafficking charges around that. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it went anywhere, but it seems textbook. <laughs> kind of does. It's. I mean, you know, it. I don't. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that it's it's a little grim, and it's not specifically on you know the point of this podcast most of the time. But it, uh, you know, it was me, and it was there, and and I don't get it. I don't get. It. I mean, I you know, uh, it's just. But it's I mean, so what are you going to do? Go after so... a state? Like. Well, look. When it's so 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 here's the deal. So the Attorney General of California, Rob Bonta, is actually uh, pursuing legal action. Uh, he is, as a first step, asking Florida for documentation on what they have done and also the state of Texas. But you could mm-hmm. see this becoming a lawsuit, right? And it becomes right. a state-on-state lawsuit. And the Which Constitution says that when court. one state sues another state, right, exactly, it goes straight to the Supreme Court. So mm-hmm. I, I don't— We know how that this would is end not going <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, we do. But this is not going to not go to court someplace, you know? Although it could be that the states don't feel like it's worth their while if you know it's going to go straight to the court and you can kind of see how the wind might blow over there. Yeah, maybe. But look, some of these some of these state officials, all of these state officials are politicians and they want to make some yeah. personal hay out of it too, right? Fair. Yeah. I'm Fair. sorry about all the banging, by the way. Anyway, that's my news. Uh, Drew, let us go. So the whole reason they're taking my cabinets apart, by the way, is Uh that two weeks ago we discovered that the microwave had a short circuit in the line. And so we got an Mm -hmm. electrician in and he went down to the basement and he opened the junction box. I'll be quick because I know I'm rambling. Opened the junction Mm -hmm. box and out of the junction box down in the the crawl space downstairs came a bunch of water. And he was like, oh my God, there's water in the electrical. Yes. And so he traced it and he found... (laughs) That is scary. And so he found a leak in the wall between the family room, and the kitchen. So we got a plumber in, and the plumber knocked a bunch of holes in a bunch of walls, and after six hours and $1,500 on Saturday, found the leak and plugged it. But mm-hmm. now we have holes in the walls in the family room that are like the size of, of uh, well, it's like a plumber's two hand. holes that are like five by five. No, they're huge. They're like five by five feet. Mm. Um, and so now we're having the cabinets taken out so that we can fix those walls and then we're going to replace the cabinets because they needed new ones anyway. Anyway, sorry, that's not, that's not, that's not what no, we're No, that's real life. Uh, I um, mean, like, yeah, right? my it friend is, jokes oh, with God. me. She was like, any home project, just assume it's going to be $10,000. And I'm like, surely oh, yeah, not. Well, look, and my, she was like, no, anything you do to no, a house, it is. just assume it's going to be $10,000. Absolutely. I'm like, no. My, my, house, <laughs> my house is 110 years old. And every time mm-hmm. you open a wall in this house, you can just start the cash register going. Also, have yeah. I mentioned my mother's in town? So that's a whole different deal. Okay, so <laughs> there's a super cool article in the New York Times about a sailing race, and it's called uh, the Golden Globe Race, and it's it's all about retro sailing, and, and it's about sailing mm-hmm. like you're in 1968. So you can't use GPS, no satcoms, no cell phones, no radar. You can use celestial navigation and a sextant, okay? And the reason it's so it's around the it's an around the world race, right? The reason mm-hmm. it caught my eye, and the reason I think it's a cool story, is that the third, for the first time, a woman has won it. She's the first woman to compete in, and the first woman to win this race. And I think that's wow. amazingly cool. Her name is Kirsten Neuschaffer. 
235 days at sea aboard a 36-foot sailboat. Come on. That's amazing. Now, Come I have on. to go on a tangent because— <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to go straight into nerd world here. So one of the okay. anime shows that I watch, which is called Dr. Stone, and the premise of the show is that there's this, like, laser beam that goes off all over the planet, turns everyone in the pl- on the planet to stone, and then some of them start waking up, like, 3,000 years later or something like that and try yeah. to, like, restore humanity or whatever. And there's this the main character is like a scientific genius and is trying to like bring technology back but one of the sort of subplots uh, of the of this season is that they need to make a voyage like uh, across the sea and so oh, yeah. they have to like use as much as they can recall of like knowledge from our era oh, yeah. to right? make yeah. a boat and carry themselves across the sea so they had to find one of the stone people to wake up from our time that remembered or knew how to use a sextant and do star navigation right. and to sail right. without the aid of modern technology. And it was pretty cool. There you go. And it, yeah. it's a really fun show. Um, That's but, awesome. That's cool. Actually, I think you'd yeah. really enjoy this show in particular, Kai, if you're ever going right. to check I'm, out I'm, I'm not a huge anime fan. I mean, I've watched a little anime and I'm not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. I find it kind of distracting. Dr. Stone, actually. I think you'll like it. <laughs> All right. I'll look it up. All right. So that was actually not my smile, although I'm smiling now. Um, my smile is twofold. One about a cat, which it just like was so sweet. So there was this cat, Ozzy, who was lost in 2017 during um, the big fires in Sonoma County in California, where the family had to evacuate. And they evacuated to a friend's house with their dogs and their couple of cats. I think it was like four dogs and two cats. And... Then they had to evacuate from that second place. But when they were trying to evacuate from the second place, cat gets lost, never seen again. And they were really worried that the cat died because it didn't have all of its teeth because of all this stuff. And it didn't know how to hunt. And it had only Uh been an indoor cat. The cat came back. The cat came back. Well, somebody actually turned it in and found the microchip. But six years later, they got their cat back. And it's fine. That's wild. And he'd been sort of like in the neighborhood and other people had been feeding it and it had just been like kind of hanging out. But it went through like two fires, rain, freezing cold, all the other things. And Ozzy is back with his family and it's very sweet. Made me happy. There you go. Um, The other thing that made me smile is (laughs) Max Park who is a 21-year-old speed cuber, something I didn't know existed, just broke the world record for the fastest time to solve a 3x3x3 rotating Rubik's Cube. And he did it in 3.13 seconds. You got to watch this video. I watched this video and, like, I couldn't believe it. It's so fascinating how he did it. So, like... They give him the Rubik's Cube, and he kind of just looks at it and spends some time, like, turning it around, looking at it, not actually doing the puzzle. And then, like, once I guess he's developed his strategy, he sits it down, they start the timer, and then, like, and it's done. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, it literally, it's oh, a blur, right? Three seconds on this blur. damn cube. It's a blur. Yeah, and you can see the timer. And then it's the best part about it, though, is after he does it, the entire room just like goes bananas. It's all these kids (laughs) (laughs) who are competing and and teenagers and like they're running around, they're screaming. They're all so excited uh, because, you know, he broke the world record. It's a very sweet video. And you can tell I'm smiling about it. So you have a Rubik's Cube story. 
Well, I, I do. I mean, so the story is that when I was a kid in high school, we had to, I was taking physics. My, I was a junior. My brother was a freshman. And Adam was, at that point, really into Rubik's Cubes. And this was back in, like, 1980, right? So they were new and all this and that. But Adam, like, Adam was a, was a real nerd. Like, he had taken it apart and lubricated it and did all this stuff. Anyway, so in my physics class every Tuesday, you had to give a lecture. And I convinced Adam to come in and give my Tuesday lecture in physics. And Adam came in and gave a whole talk on the Rubik's Cube and solved it in, you know, what was then some world land speed record of like a minute and a half or two minutes, whatever. Adam did it. I got the A. That's my nice. victory. That's my win. Nice. That's my win. Drew, get us out of here. Oh, we skipped a whole section. Did we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we well, yeah. So we'll so. do it now. Go ahead. <laughs> So that is it for us today. We are going to be back tomorrow with Sabri for Economics on Tap. We'll be on the YouTube live stream starting at 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. You can join us for more news, a game, not the Rubik's Cube, and drinks. We will get the newsletter plug in here. Sign up. It'll give you a bunch of sneak previews, including what Kimberly and Sabri are drinking tomorrow. The credits you guys know. Marketplace.org slash newsletters, by the way. You could also just start the music again, and then we can do the credits. <laughs> All right, Drew, hit the music again. You got to re-rack the music. Mm. There we go. There it is. That was a fail. That was a host fail right there. We got this. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by <laughs> Drew Josta, despite our errors. Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcast. Francesca Levy is the executive director. <laughs> You know, we're allowed to make mistakes. It's what makes us human. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.